Welcome back to our Inspirational Women of Oxford series, Episode 3, Making Peace with 2020. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Molly Ross, who is a master's student at St. Edmund Hall studying French, and who's also a professional yoga instructor with a focus on mindfulness. We had some incredibly generous suggestions put to us through our Instagram, at Grab and Buy the Posy Podcast, of the sorts of themes you'd like us to cover in this episode. So thank you so much for sharing these issues that you've all been struggling with so candidly and bravely. Many of us right now are feeling lost, isolated and frankly overwhelmed. I hope you've all had a somewhat restorative break, whether it's celebrating Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah or just taking some time away from work. I hope whatever you've been up to, you've been able to get some respite during this time. As we come to the end of this orbit around the sun, we discuss how we can each take stock of what has been an extraordinary year with unprecedented obstacles and how we can make peace with the opportunities that may not have come to fruition, the plans we might have had to put on pause and the collective trauma we're all working through. How can we reflect and introspect after such a challenging time and redirect the for some pain and anxiety, for others numbness and apathy, into intention and momentum for 2021. We discuss how we can unite our minds and bodies through movement to anchor ourselves and ground down in these magnificent vessels we've been gifted, even during a time when many of us might not be so thrilled with how our bodies have changed during the pandemic. And crucially, how can we cultivate hope? during these gloomy winter months so that we're ready after this long period of enforced hibernation to blossom when we have the chance once again. Uh, During the episode we first acknowledged some of the collective trauma of this year, including COVID-19, the racial injustices which have led to a surge in the Black Lives Matter movement, climate anxiety, as well as the existing individual trauma which continues of course in the background of these events such as financial difficulties, health concerns, mental health challenges and the lack of access to the associated resources for these challenges. Next, we define the meaning of trauma, feelings of overwhelm and how we can build resilience. We then discuss the importance and value of winter self-reflection and how it can help us process trauma, as well as the power of resourcing or the unification of the mind and body to create a sense of place in this chaos. Finally, Molly will talk to us about a reflection practice we can each implement in our own lives and how we can utilise this to prepare for the year ahead. We will finish by discussing three realistic yet nurturing intentions for 2021. Thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode. I hope it can offer some comfort, reassurance and hope. Just remember, you are not alone. we're going um so i'd just like to welcome molly onto the podcast thank you so much for speaking with me today molly's actually a really good friend of mine who i've met through st edmund hall where we're both studying um mainly i met molly through welfare um because we both are kind of organized organizing stuff like that in the college um but i'm just so excited to have you here uh because i think this conversation's kind of going to be quite restorative for everyone um, and I just wondered if you wanted to introduce yourself, Molly. 
Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm a student at Teddy Hall. I've been here for quite a while. I did my undergrad uh, in French and I've now stayed on for a master's. And you've been involved in loads of um, things in the college like to do with yoga and people's mental well-being, which is kind of how we met. And I think it's quite unusual at St Eben Hall that um, the postgrad and undergrad community sort of come together in these sessions. So you've probably helped like hundreds of people. <laughs> that was one of the main things that I wanted. Like I noticed that, especially at Oxford, there are very few spaces where it's not competitive. And I wanted to offer that where you can bring JCR and MCR together in a non-competitive environment. Um, and it gives people an opportunity to step back from the demands of Oxford, but also to meet different people. It's a really nice space, though, because obviously no one really speaks. You speak before and after the class, but you're just sharing this experience. And it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, so you said that you study French, Molly, and you did um, your undergrad and now you're doing a master's at Snedman Hall. Um, can you tell us a bit about how you got to Oxford or what your journey was? Yeah, so I applied to Oxford when I was in sixth form, but I didn't get in that year. My teachers actually told me, you know, you'll never get into Oxford, don't bother. Um, and I didn't get in that year. But then I took a gap year having got my A-levels and I reapplied and I got in second time. Um, and I'm actually really glad I didn't get in the first time. I don't think I was ready. And I always say that I wouldn't have let myself in either. <laughs> I just learned a lot on that gap year. Um, and so then, yeah, I was here since I began in 2015 and I did my finals this summer. And I, during my undergrad, I suspended for a year. Um, I just decided it was a good idea to step back um, and acknowledge that, you know, if something's not working, then it's okay to take a pause. Um, and then I came back uh, way more determined, way more focused and genuinely kind of invested in the degree. And so I stayed on and, you know, I've, I've carried on for a master's. So I'm happy here. You started, was it this year that you began the, is it breathing space? Yeah, I started that in November 2019 um, because we've had huge success with Teddy Hall Yoga, uh, which I've been doing for what, five or six years now. And the classes are so popular. Like they, before lockdown, they were full every week. And that's amazing. But people started asking they could join from other colleges um, and obviously that that's not necessarily allowed and also we don't have the space for that so I decided that I would offer a class that's open to any student at Oxford so it's the only centralized yoga class and also you know run from within by a student so I started breathing space yeah in uh, Michaelmas of 2019 and it has run ever since and from March onwards I took the classes online. That's so cool I think um, one of the things I loved about breathing space was that it incorporated like you said the flow of the yoga but at a more kind of relaxed pace with these exercises we would do where you would talk us through like a guided meditation and sort of journaling session. Yeah exactly so it's not just the physical practice of yoga I wanted it to be 
a place where I introduced various techniques for managing mental well-being and acknowledging that different things will work for different people. So I simply wanted to introduce many different techniques, many different practices, and then you can choose what works for you. It's kind of like a, a place to explore and to experiment and then take what you need from those classes. That's so cool. Will you be um, continuing that, like you said, you've done you trans transition to online will you be doing that next year in 2021 yeah I think so so the classes at the moment are on Thursdays uh, 8 or 9 p.m so I'll start them again in first week and I'll run through the term yeah I love that um, so anyone who's listening to this we can attach some links and then um, you can join and I love the fact that it's online even though sometimes it can be easier to do these things in person it just means that you can reach more people right I guess Absolutely. Yeah. I think also with yoga classes, there's a lot that goes with it. So you've got to get yourself to the class. Um, coming into Teddy Hall as an, a student at a different college can definitely be nerve wracking as well. So this is, it loses the sense of community, which I really, really miss. And I know a lot of people miss that, but it actually makes it more accessible for some other people. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to kind of move on to talking about what the the main theme of this podcast is about today um, and it's things we've talked about before because I know we both love journaling like I said we've done it in the breathing space classes um, but I think we both sort of have talked about the idea of accepting and to the best of our ability making peace with quite a challenging year kind of an extraordinary extraordinarily challenging year um, and I really like the way that you describe Molly that we have been going through a collective trauma and I think some people can think that that's a little bit dramatic but I actually think it's perfectly apt for what we're going through so I wondered if you could talk to us a bit about um, kind of your understanding of trauma and how you have looked into that with your readings and your work. Yeah absolutely I've just finished a yoga training in uh, yoga and trauma so a trauma-informed approach to yoga um, and there's a teacher called Halakuri who gives a really wonderful definition of trauma and she says that a traumatic event is anything that overwhelms our capacity to cope and respond it leaves us feeling helpless hopeless and out of control and I think a lot of people can identify with that this year so it's recognizing that trauma lives on a spectrum so when trauma isn't just a huge dramatic event it can be all the little things as well and so when we don't have the tools and the resources to deal with those events then they impact our physiology you know our, our bodies um, and another psychologist Peter Levine explains that traumatic symptoms are not just caused by the event itself but they arise when that residual energy from the experience isn't discharged from the body. And so this energy remains trapped kind of within the nervous system where it can wreak havoc on the body and mind. Yeah, that's so powerful. So people might be feeling this year like they're not entirely themselves or they're feeling extra run down or feeling super agitated. Um, so I know when I get anxious, I often don't actually know I'm anxious until my body precipitates it so yeah. it will be things like my heart rate or I will be waking up feeling super stressed um 
and I really like the way you put that that it's like the mind and body are kind of communicating with each other even if you don't realize it yeah exactly and this year everything has been so uncertain so everyone or a lot of people have experienced feelings of overwhelm and haven't been able to kind of face that to to know how to deal with that um and so yeah just having resources that you can call on to help to start to process that is is really powerful and really necessary yeah because I, I guess a lot of people sort of get a bit scared when they're experiencing these sensations or thoughts and they might try and ignore them or carry on with life as normal but I think something that we've talked about before is that it's quite important to actually address like you said and use resources to help you with the issue or the trauma that you've experienced do you have any um, kind of suggestions or examples for people um, that could work to start processing that trauma exactly so uh, if people have been to my yoga classes I often talk about orienting and resourcing so orienting is simply becoming aware that we're uh, that we are safe so by noticing the present moment, scanning our environment and essentially tuning into your senses. And so that can help our nervous system to settle, to arrive in the present moment. Um, and so one way to do that would simply just be to look around the space that you're in right now. So really scanning the room or the environment and perhaps noticing a few things to become aware of maybe I always say five things that you can see so tuning into your senses and then you might work your way through the other four senses thinking about what you can hear maybe what you can feel the sense of touch what you can smell and perhaps what you can taste so the five senses are just a really powerful way to draw yourself back into this place into this moment and could you do this anywhere? So if at the moment we're sat in our bedrooms, but if you were feeling a bit stressed in a public space or something like that, would this work? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a practice that you can do anywhere, anytime, and you can do it within a few seconds. So simply, if, you're, if you feel the sensations of overwhelm or panic or anxiety, then you might like to just look around and notice a tree or become aware of your feet connecting to the floor or the sensations of your physical body. So even bringing a hand to your body, just feeling that kind of physical form, that can be a really useful way to essentially ground ourselves back in the present moment. So resourcing is essentially about inviting the body and the mind to attune to feelings of safety or comfort so like I say noticing the space you're in the supportive surface beneath you whether you're standing whether you're sitting if you're walking as well just paying attention to your feet as they connect with the earth um, a hand on your body I like to bring a hand to my chest quite a lot or you might just kind of squeeze your arms or bring a hand to your knees um, and also nature is such a um, nature is really powerful so if you have a window maybe looking out noticing trees or plants or if you're in your room and you've got a pot plant yeah yeah 
and I like the fact that these are all things that are um, kind of accessible to everyone because I think for some people it can feel a bit you know I think I don't want to go into it but with capitalism you often feel that you're being sold things to sort of create this sense of stability and grounding but it sounds like from what um, you've spoken about in your yoga classes and you're speaking about now we can actually just achieve this for ourselves like that's quite empowering exactly I'm all about cultivating inner resources that you can call on in times of need and the key thing really is to practice this over and over so that then when you are in moments of panic then it's easier to access that inner resource so just building a habit of noticing okay my feet on the floor as I'm walking or if you're sitting just become aware of your sit bones connecting to the surface beneath you so if we start to create um, a practice of noticing ourselves, noticing our movement, noticing how we're feeling, um, then yeah, we're better able to access that practice in times when we're feeling overwhelmed or emotionally heightened. Yeah, it like comes almost like a, an automatic kind of coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Um, something I wanted to ask you about, Molly, is and this is something I guess I've experienced this year, is um, this idea of a collective trauma. And we've talked about that word collectivity a lot. And then your individual trauma, because I guess even if certain events that happened this year, so I don't want to dwell on it, but obviously COVID-19 and then all of the horrific things that happened um, to do with racial injustices that have led to that surge in the Black Lives Matter movement, these are just, and, and the ongoing issues with climate change, these are just a few issues that I think have been really tangible this year. Um, I think because people are so aware of these larger macro um, movements and issues, people can feel a bit guilty about dealing with the trauma they would have had anyway this year, you know, the background kind of individual trauma. Um, and I wondered if that was something you had any thoughts on about how we can be like collectively responsible and culturally aware but also not feel guilty to deal with our own things mm. I, yeah no I feel like if we start with ourselves that's the best place to begin um, if we look after ourselves and if we do practices that strengthen us which give us courage and we're better able to then go out and support others and be there for others um, having that awareness of yourself means that you can then you know offer that awareness to the rest of the world and it's essentially about becoming more resilient as well so when we are able to adapt to challenges that we face and stressful, stressful situations as well, then we're better able to navigate our way through life, essentially. Um, but it's also about being able to, we're better able to negotiate for others. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's almost like being kind to yourself helps you be kinder to other people. Exactly, yeah. And when we overcome challenges ourselves, then that builds our sense of confidence, our self-worth. Um, 
and it's really empowering and then we can kind of share that with others so yeah trusting yourself um and being hopeful as well yeah yeah and I love one of the things that I kind of got from what you said there is that sometimes resilience I think that word can have quite negative connotations so things like being tough and kind of being quite hard whereas it sounds like the kind of resilience you're talking about is like a soft resilience that's based in empathy and um compassion for other people and I love that the fact you can like redefine that sort of non-toxic resilience which I think like you said if you are resilient in yourself you can help be resilient for other people Mm, yeah exactly so it's emotional resilience being able to observe challenges and your reactions to those challenges as well and being able to adapt and to I want to say come out stronger I know it's difficult um, but kind of learning from the experience and making changes so that you can yeah kind of come out the other side and hopefully help others as well yeah um so I think at this point we probably will start talking about processing and accepting the year and Molly had had a couple of suggestions of how um, anyone listening to this can do this so you could either take a pause and have a good long think or sort of come along with us while we talk about this and pause to have a think um, with us through the practice or uh, there'll be uh, a printable version of this or downloadable version that I'll attach to the podcast but um, I thought maybe you could tell us Molly why um, first of all it's valuable to reflect at the end of the year. Mm, Yeah so right now obviously coming to the end of 2020 and we are in winter and winter is a time when uh, in nature everything kind of goes in on itself Uh, there's it's a period of rest of retreat of hibernation and it's a really good time to do that kind of inner work where we recenter we reevaluate recalibrate so then when maybe springtime comes we're able to kind of expand out again so it's this natural expansion and contraction that we see in nature and we are governed by nature so you can see the cycles um, of day and night of the seasons of life and death and so there's this natural kind of ebb and flow and so just acknowledging that we need time kind of downtime to recenter before we can then you know, expand and put ourselves out there again. And so the solstice that we've just passed on the 21st of December is a point where we celebrate this return to the light. So we've gone past the darkest day, the shortest day, and we're now seeing the days grow, the light grows each day. And in many traditions, we celebrate this kind of return to light. So in Christianity, in Yule, Hanukkah, Diwali, um, they all use candles and stories about how you know, that light persisted in times of darkness. And so we can kind of celebrate that, this knowing that spring will return, that the days will lengthen. And so maybe saying goodbye to what has gone before and looking forward to what is ahead. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Just the way you 
relate everything that we're going through to nature makes me feel really reassured (laughs) (laughs) kind of a a natural blueprint for this and yeah exactly just look to nature yeah I love that um and I think I mean for most of us it might seem obvious but um what do you understand in your practice as self-reflection so it's really kind of examining ourselves it's having that sense of awareness of our minds of what we believe what we think the ideas that we have the opinions that we hold um also checking in with your values and our experiences our identity and acknowledging that all of this changes over time so how it affects the way we interact with people the way we conduct ourselves um the way we we practice the way we essentially live our lives and just cultivating that thing that sense of self-awareness is really key i think to living a more pleasant life yeah and i was going to ask how could you um encourage people to try and do this in a non-judgmental way because i think people are so including me so judgmental of themselves and something um, that we were asked to talk about um, by people who are listening to this is expectations versus reality. Mm. And I think um, reflecting is such a valuable skill and practice that you just said, but how can we um, encourage people who might reflect and think, hmm, I didn't achieve the things I wanted to this year? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I think the first place to begin is almost by taking a step back. And so allowing this degree of space between yourself and kind of what you're examining. And it's an ongoing process. You kind of strengthen it like a muscle, being able to look at something without attaching labels or emotions to something. And really staying grounded in yourself. So if you're thinking about a situation that you've been in, for example, or just kind of feeling what you're feeling, it's by noticing, like we've said, so orienting yourself, noticing perhaps the surface beneath you, where you're sitting, how you're standing. And so always having that kind of sense of self, of kind of how am I feeling right now, as you reflect on what you've gone through. So not getting caught up in that event, in that memory, in that kind of goal that you haven't achieved, for example. It's always accepting and then trying to bring it back to the present moment and having that awareness of what you're feeling at every given moment. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And um, I think as well, people should, I mean, that's something I'm trying to tell myself is that I'm just in a way grateful that I, like you said, use the phrase got through this or you've been through. Like, I think it's great that we're all kind of getting through this and hopefully being kind to ourselves as much as we can and kind to other people. And um, something I guess we'll talk about later is some nourishing New Year's intentions you can set that aren't so goal driven, that are more holistic. Um, And maybe um, for people who want to know more, if you just listen in later in the podcast, we'll talk about how we can sort of reframe our idea of achievement and success I guess yeah exactly um so if we move on to the reflection practice that you've put together which looks incredible and as I said this will be available for people uh, to do 
um, at home in your own time or like I said you can pause the podcast um, if you could just talk us through Molly how this would work um, in your practice yeah so as we said people might like to listen to this straight away and write down the questions and then fill in the questions uh, later on or you might like to pause the podcast and take time to work through each question and then carry on so a place where we might begin is thinking back over your year so kind of writing a timeline for 2020 putting down the main uh, moments of your year maybe working through it month by month so January through to December or perhaps working through the seasons so quarters spring, summer, autumn, winter, or maybe even working through the terms, the Michaelmas, Hillary, and Trinity. Um, and just taking the time to acknowledge everything that has kind of been in your life this year, the good or bad, you know, like we said, without any, any judgment, putting down the moments of your year so that you can kind of see on paper exactly what you've done, exactly what you've been through, what's been present for you, and maybe highlighting or just choosing a few of the main ones that kind of define your 2020. And then when you've done that, you might take a moment and check in with how you're feeling when you've written those things down. Maybe think what is your feeling for the year? So what comes up for you when you reflect on 2020 how does it feel what was the overriding feeling for you uh, for me I think it was community not necessarily an in-person community but having that sense of community online of having people who were also going through the same thing as me and knowing that I could call on them but that also came with a sense of loneliness as well so acknowledging those two kind of almost opposites but they were both very present for me this year yeah I think mine kind of um to slightly contrast that um the idea of community mine was probably cocooning and I got that mm -hmm. fantastic word from my friend Megan um yeah. and it's almost felt like this year has been a bit of a winter like you were saying Molly yeah. not much has been happening um in terms of events or things like that I've been kind of hibernating and I actually think that's been a really good thing because I was super extroverted in the year before and overextending myself so I like that idea of cocooning and kind of hibernating until I'm ready to yeah exactly it's been a year of enforced rest and I'll talk about this a bit later but yeah it's uh, been a very different one it's people have been forced to slow down and to kind of go inwards and I know that's definitely been challenging for some people So from there, we might move on to think about what you've been celebrating this year. You might write down, what have I been celebrating? And think about the things that have made your 2020 really wonderful. All the good things. And you might think, how did you make this happen? Can you think of the things that you've done to help things go really well? And what have you tried? And also what works? That's really key, noticing, okay, I've tried this and that went well. So maybe you might like to have more of that, to do more of that. And from there, we'll move on to the question of how have you faced and overcome challenges this year? 
So acknowledging that everyone has been faced with challenges worldwide. So it's not simply listing all of the challenges, but actually phrasing it in a way that we can take something from those. So what has um, helped you to overcome those things? What gave you strength this year? How did you put that into action? And the next question is, what have you learned about yourself this year? <laughs> like we said, people have had a lot of time to be with themselves and that can be really, really difficult for people. Um, but maybe just taking a moment to think about, okay, everything that I've been through, everything hard, difficult, wonderful, challenging, what has it taught you about yourself? Is there anything in particular that has been present for you? And how has this year, 2020, been a lesson for you? And another area to reflect on is who has been in my life in 2020? So this is one of my favorite questions because it takes it off yourself and you can start to recognize the community that you have around you and we should also recognize that this year people have felt lonely and people have been isolated but also knowing that you always have someone to reach out to and that might be in the form of a teacher a tutor a support line a classmate a housemate family members there's always someone there so just thinking, okay, who has featured in your life in 2020? Who has taught me lessons? Who has been there for me? Who has kind of, yeah, been in your life this year? And taking a moment to maybe send them a bit of gratitude and just simply thinking about them. I think that's such a beautiful question. Mm. As we start to turn to the new year, to 2021, you might think about what you want to call into your life this year. And this next question is, what gives me energy? So this past year, 2020, has been draining, it's been overwhelming, it's left people feeling tired. And maybe a bit hopeless. So we really want to focus on what gives you the energy to uh, to live, to create, to do something. <laughs> um, what gives you energy? So what in your life enables you to get out there? and to essentially be your best self. And it might be big things, it might be small things. Just recognizing, yeah, what makes you feel your best? Then in 2021, 
you write down the beginning of a sentence, I am in the process of calling in, and then you fill in the rest of that sentence. What are you creating? What life are you creating for yourself? And what do you want to see happen in 2021? What do you like it to bring you? Where would it like to take you? It could be absolutely anything. It could be related to your personal life, your work, your studies, relationships, family, friends. I am in the process of calling in dot dot dot. When you've done that, think of just one manageable step that you could take towards achieving this. Goal, this dream. What could you do? What feels like, yeah, okay. Let's start with that. Um, something I kind of pick up on here, and it's something I heard, I need to put her name in the description when I remember, I'll put it in there. But it was this um, mindfulness practitioner, and um, she said that we only ever dream half dreams. Mm. because I think that's just the way we are that that you I I think the concept of when you were little and someone said to you what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do and if you were kind of lucky um you had this innocence where you could just say anything you wanted I wanted to be a wizard (laughs) (laughs) I'm a scientist maybe that's kind of the same but um yeah you've made it (laughs) (laughs) different kind of magic um but I think and as a society, especially as you get older, your sort of lens and perspective is always defined by um, practicality and feasibility. And I get that. Like, that's just the way life is in some ways. But um, what this this lady said is that we should always dream a full dream because you just get put here once. So that might not even be a job or a career. It might be I dream that I could do this for people or I dream I could be more like this. And I think what I love about that idea of taking a manageable step is that these dreams, because we dream, we, you want to dream big, it seems like it's just so far from our reach. But mm. if you break it into manageable steps, you can actually achieve quite incredible things if you just put a realistic foot forward. So like you said, Molly, setting smaller goals that can take you somewhere quite extraordinary and, you know, who knows what, what you're capable of. And I just love the idea that um, this is, so empowering for people yeah you're in control of your own kind of destiny or fate or exactly and I know that right now we can't necessarily plan things but I think we also need that freedom to dream up big powerful dreams you're allowing yourself that creativity and that space that hope to dream yeah, absolutely. And um, in terms of, um, you know, rolling on from where you said about a manageable step you can take forward, I guess this leads quite nicely into the idea of New Year's. People call it resolutions. I like to call it intentions because I think resolution can be quite a kind of resolute word. <laughs> um, and I like the idea that we keep it kind of open. Um, but yeah, I wondered if you could talk a bit about some ideas of nourishing and yet realistic 
um, New Year's intentions that you might kind of be able to suggest to people um, that might change our perspective of, of this resolution type yeah. practice? Yeah, I think there's a growing backlash against New Year's resolutions because it so often revolves around changing ourselves, in particular our physical appearance. And so I just want to, I guess, focus on this idea that we don't need to change ourselves. This coming back to self-acceptance, allowing and accepting ourselves exactly as we are, not feeling this pressure to change ourselves because we're not good enough, because we don't fit into a particular image, a certain category, um, come under a certain label, because those categories are so narrow. Like the majority of the population could never look like the pictures that we see, I don't know, in the media. And so we need to be realistic, but also to kind of rebel against this narrative that we're fed, that we need to be better, look better, do better. And so allowing ourselves this space to accept who we are, however we look, however, you know, wherever we're at right now. And one thing that, uh, well, for me, yoga is kind of my, my go-to practice. And what it has taught me really is that every body is unique and different. You know, our bodies are with us all the time. We go through life, we go through events and traumatic experiences and wonderful experiences with our body. And so our body is, you know, the product of our life. And it's made of those experiences. It's kind of like a tapestry of our stories. So why would we want to kind of fit into those tiny uh, categories and images? Because we're also individual. And so to reduce ourselves to those kind of basic stereotypes is to essentially devalue our individual our individual experience and we need to disregard the complexity of life. So this practice of self-acceptance, kind of stepping back from the pressure of new year, of resolutions, of the whole fitness trend and taking a more body-led approach. Um, and one of my favorite things is to refocus by asking, okay, what is my body asking for? My body's not necessarily asking me to cut out uh, fat or to run, I don't know, five times a week, you know, anything like that. What is my body asking for? It might be something as simple as getting more rest, getting more sleep something that will actually do good and not that comes from a place of um, inferiority or destructiveness, you know. Um, and there's a really nice quote from Reinhold Niebuhr, which is, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So finding the ease, 
within the uneasiness and comfort within the discomfort is a huge lesson that we've all had to try to find this year. Yeah, I love that quote so much. I'm going to write it on my whiteboard. I've got one here. Ah, I love that quote. I love that. So self-acceptance would be one intention for the new year, potentially. Um, Another one that I know is getting a lot of press at the moment is this idea of boundaries, setting boundaries for yourself with others so that you can kind of protect your own energy so that um, you can ensure sustainability in relationships um, in at work you know, with friends with family and so to think how might we do that I like to ask a few questions so what would this experience offer me if you are someone who says yes to everything or everyone maybe taking just a moment to think okay what will this actually give me how will it impact me my physical health but primarily your mental health uh, before during after if you're dealing with other people you might ask how do I feel when I'm with this person or this group and how do I feel after I've been with them you might make some changes around how you spend your time and where you spend your energy and also thinking about communication with boundaries, communicating your needs after having acknowledged your needs as well. So that might be something to work on um, this year. Yeah, I love that so much. And as you said, that's getting a lot of press. I guess it's kind of applicable to a lot of people at the moment. Um, I always feel as well, um, if you start setting boundaries for yourself, you accept the boundaries of other people more readily. Mm. I don't know about you, but it's something that we're not conditioned to say no to things or to uh, prioritise ourselves. It's sort of seen as a bit selfish, but if you respect and sort of acknowledge what you need and what you don't need, I think it can cause a lot less ego when people might say no to you. So. Mm said earlier it's like being kind to yourself helps you be kind to other people yeah absolutely and I think this kind of leads into my final point about rest and setting these boundaries because in our society in our culture rest is always secondary and it's almost seen as a luxury um, we rest when we have time to rest after we've done our work and we can always be working harder, you know. And so maybe making rest a priority, maybe setting those boundaries so that you actually have that time to step back and engage in activities that allow you to unwind, that allow your mind to calm and to recharge your body. And this year has been tiring because of all the uncertainty and all the anxiety. You know, it is just tiring to be in that state. So really recognising that rest is a human right. It's not something that you need to earn. It's not 
a reward. It's something to take seriously, as seriously as your work. And one practice might be to make a list of what allows you to drop into that state of rest, what kind of yeah, puts you into that state of being. And rest isn't necessarily lying in bed, you know, getting 12 hours of sleep per night. It's anything that allows you to feel recharged and to not feel as though you're constantly pushing. And for some people, uh, exercise might actually be a form of rest because it enables that state of kind of release and unwinding after you've finished exercising. But it's also a rest for your mind. You know, when you're exercising, hopefully you're more in your body than you are in your head. Um, and another thing to think about is what brings you comfort. I love this question. I love this practice. It's acknowledging all those tiny, insignificant things which actually bring you so much comfort. Um, and so for me, it might be, I shared this the other day, it's all those odd, what things do you find oddly comforting? And I think I said, you know, like a warm towel when you get out of the shower or seeing someone reading a newspaper, like a physical paper. I love that. And uh, what else? Making a cup of tea. You know, it's all of these little things that help to remind us that there's a bit of good in the world. All these things that we find comforting and allowing ourselves that time to enjoy them, to rest up and hopefully feel like we can take on whatever comes our way in 2021. I think those um those three intentions are just so applicable to so many people and I love them <laughs> I'm gonna use them <laughs> um, thank you so much Molly I just I feel like this I feel so much calmer <laughs> just <laughs> us having done this um and I'm really glad hopefully we can help give people an opportunity to take stock because I would hate for people to just rush into a new year and and not allow themselves to take a moment to pause mm. I think it's really important um, yeah I think everything that everyone's been through this year um we all deserve a moment to acknowledge it however hard it has been and to really give ourselves the chance to yeah reflect and to move on. Thank you so much, Molly. Um, I'm going to uh, leave some of the information we talked about and the practice in the description box. Um, if people want to keep up with you, you know, your yoga or your breathing space workshops, um, how, how would you recommend they do that? Yeah, the one I update most is Instagram. So it's moles underscore Ross. And you can link my website and the Breathing Space Facebook group in the description below. Thank you so much and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, thank you.
Hello lovely listeners. Thank you for joining us for episode three of the Grab Them by the Posy podcast, brought to you in collab with the Oxford Feminist Society. 2020 has been a year full of challenges. I think as a society we instinctively point out the pain, disappointments and hardships of this year, which for some people has been staggering. But for many of us, in spite of all this chaos, I do think this year has offered time and space to sow the seeds of real positive psychological and behavioural change in our own lives, and therefore in the lives of others. This conversation with Molly has really lent me perspective on how I can turn the lemons of my own 2020 into lemonade by accepting what has been and what hasn't been. I hope you'll all find this conversation as comforting and empowering as I did. I really do think this time can be useful to us if we use this hibernation to rest and have a deep conversation with ourselves, to really ask ourselves, what do I want my new normal to look like? What does my body need? What does my mind and my heart and my soul deserve? I hope by taking stock, we can set some healthy and nourishing new year intentions such as self-acceptance, boundaries and rest so we can cultivate more authentic and healthy lives when we are able to get going again. I'll attach a copy of the guided self-reflection practice in the description box and some other resources which we hope will provide further insight into the things we discussed today. We'll finish this episode with Molly reading an extract of a poem by John O'Donoghue. Before I go, please engage with our Instagram, Facebook and website to suggest resources we haven't highlighted here, because as ever, we really want to keep this conversation going. So you can find us on Instagram at Grab Them By The Posy Podcast. You can find me at Grab Them By The Posy on Instagram, and you can find Molly at Moles underscore Ross. Uh, you can also find Molly's web website uh, online, which has more information about her yoga and uh, mindfulness practices. So take care, everyone. Thank you so much again to Molly, and I'll leave you in her gentle hands. Okay, so this is an extract from a poem called A Blessing for One Who Is Exhausted by John O'Donoghue. Be excessively gentle with yourself. Stay clear of those vexed in spirit. Learn to linger around someone of ease who feels they have all the time in the world. Gradually you will return to yourself, having learned a new respect for your heart and the joy that dwells deep within slow time.